of course, it is September 20th. It's Election Day. And joining us now with a final look at the polls is Sean Simpson, our friend from Ipsos Polling, who joins us now here on Global News Radio. Sean, good afternoon. Good afternoon. All right. As voters head to the polls, uh, what is the uh, last poll that you conducted uh, showing us here? I mean, we've talked on and off throughout the campaign. Is it still essentially a, a dead heat? It is. Uh, it is so tight. Uh, we released our final poll yesterday evening, and it showed that the Conservatives have a one-point lead nationally in the popular vote, which, of course, is the same result that we had back in 2019. Uh, but the key difference is that Ontario looks a little bit tighter. Uh, the Liberals won Ontario by about eight points uh, two years ago, and now we're looking at closer to a four-point spread. So uh, that likely means the Liberals losing a couple of seats uh, and, uh, and the Conservatives gaining a couple of seats. But it, this is so close, it could go either way, perhaps advantage Liberal, but we'll see. Conservatives appear most motivated to get out and vote so they could get a ballot box bonus today. Yeah, is this one of the closest races you've seen, Sean? Oh, it absolutely is. It, it reminds me a little bit of, of 2004. Uh, you'll recall that uh, Stephen Harper looked like he, he might be poised to win a minority government, uh, but the hidden agenda fear uh, kind of set in in the final days, and uh, and the Liberals uh, eked out a, a, a small victory. So, uh, you know, this, this has a, sort of a similar dynamic uh, in that it's so close. Uh, O'Toole isn't really associated with a hidden agenda like like Stephen Harper was or Andrew Scheer was in the last election campaign. So that dynamic's a little bit different. Uh, but otherwise, it's very close. And, and I could see this going uh, either way tonight. I, I think it's safe to say that there won't be a majority government. But whose minority is, I think, is still up for grabs with a slight advantage to the Liberals, I'd say. Okay, take us back, if you can, to the beginning of the election and when the writ was dropped and sort of the polls and uh, how they've kind of gone up and down, because I think if memory serves, the Liberals had a good four or five point lead right when the election was uh, called. And uh, obviously, Justin Trudeau and the Liberals were, were feeling pretty good or they wouldn't have called an election. Yeah, yeah, they really squandered that lead. You're right. It was before the election was called six point lead after it was called five points and pretty well immediately after dropped down to a statistical tie for the rest of the of the campaign. The prime minister clearly didn't read the tea leaves properly because uh, Canadians have increasingly uh, come to believe that we shouldn't be having an election during uh, the pandemic. It started around 55, 56 percent of Canadians who thought that was the case at the start. It's now grown to two thirds. Um, that normally doesn't happen. Normally, we see, uh, you know, apathy for a campaign subside as we talk about more substantive issues. But in the absence of a wedge issue, the wedge issue is, should we be having a campaign at all? Uh, and and so uh, the, the prime minister has, has really failed to articulate those reasons throughout the course of the campaign. And uh, I think a lot of voters are going to have that in their minds as they head to uh, the polls today. Should or should we not have an election? And uh, it could actually cause some people to just stay home, believing that this wasn't necessary, so they're not going to participate as a result. Well, what is polling over these last few weeks showing you when it comes to that sort of voter apathy for the election? And also uh, wondering, Sean, what uh, voters have told you and what your polling says about standing in long lineups that we're hearing about today here at uh, certain uh, polling uh, stations, and just generally some concerns voting during uh, a COVID uh, fourth wave. 
Yeah. Our polling has shown that uh, nearly half of Canadians say they don't like any of the options that they have. They don't like any of the leaders or the, or the parties in this campaign. And that's up significantly from the start of the election. The other thing that's held steady since the start of the campaign is, is that one in four Canadians say that they, they don't feel safe voting in person on Election Day. That's why we saw, I think, a greater incre- uh, advanced voting, uh, some uh, increase in, in the proportion who voted by mail. And if if you're going to the to the uh, uh, to the polling station this afternoon and you were already concerned about safety, seeing that you're going to be standing in line for a significant amount of time uh, may uh, dissuade you from voting. You may just cut and run and say, well, I'm not sure this is this is worth it. We're already seeing that in, in, in the data that we've collected up until up until yesterday. And uh, that leads me to believe that turnout overall will be a little bit lower. And when we do have low voter turnout, it tends to benefit the Conservative Party. Uh, of course, the dynamics are a little bit different because of COVID, if that's the reason why we have low, lower voter turnout. But typically, the Conservatives benefit because older people will go out and vote come hell or hot water. Okay, that's really interesting. Your research is showing a lower voter turnout because, as we know, there's been a historic turnout for the advance polls, which some people took as... Well, there's some interest, some pretty good interest in this election. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I think it's just simply because of concerns about how busy it it uh, would be today. Longer lineups. We know Elections Canada has has uh, less staff, uh, so I think it just means that people will be processed uh, slower. Uh, you'll be standing outside, probably uh, not inside, in in order to vote. And and I think the advanced voting is just simply to avoid the crowds of today, not necessarily because of an increased interest or, uh, you know, desire to, to, to vote more than, than in previous elections. Yeah, Sean, also wondering if you've got any data, any numbers when it comes to just how engaged voters have been during this campaign, because this is a short campaign, the shortest it can be legally, only 36 days. And of yeah. course, the first half of it happened in the back half of August when a lot of people, a lot of Canadian families were still busy at the cottage or yeah. with summer vacation, getting ready for uh, back to school and only really tuned into the campaign for the last couple of weeks. And whether or not, uh, you know, the leaders, the parties, if they had in that short window, had enough time and space to really get their message out and get to voters engaged. Yeah, I, I, I think they haven't been uh, overly engaged for for many of the reasons that you've that you've suggested. It was the summer for the first couple of weeks. People at the cottage just not paying attention to the to the news. Um, the leaders' debate failed to produce a knockout punch. And and the other thing that that leads me to believe this is because uh, you know since the start of the campaign things haven't really moved much. There was there was a lot of movement in in the first week as as the prime minister lost his lead, but then we've essentially been oscillating between. A you know a dead tie or one point ahead for this party, one point ahead for that party. Everything else has been baked in. Even the, the you know Jason Kenney situation in Alberta has been baked in. People know the prime minister. That's baked in. You know it, there's 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 been no new evidence, uh, no new you know major event. Uh, that has sort of rocked the campaign one way or the other over the last four weeks. Uh, and as, as a result, it's been steady eddy, and we're likely in uh, for more of the same, according to our polling release yesterday. And you have to wonder, no major event. Uh, is that because uh, both leaders, O'Toole and Trudeau, so close, as you've mentioned uh, early in our discussion, for so many weeks now, neither one wanted to really take a chance or, or make a misstep. If I'm tuning in tonight, uh, Sean, uh, what riding, uh, ridings uh, should I be watching, watching for that uh, might be an indicator as to how the evening is going to unfold? 
Yeah, I think the the area that you want to look at the, the very closely is the 905, particularly to the north and, and east of the city, Durham region, for example. Um, the Conservatives, if, if, if they're going to break through, it's going to be in those ridings first. And if they start flipping some from red to, to green, you know, it's going to be a pretty good night for the Conservatives. You know, downtown Toronto also in play, but of course, with two different parties between the, the, the NDP and the Liberals, if the NDP picked up a couple of seats there, uh, it's going to be interesting. But also you want to look at right in Quebec to see if the bloc is able to pick up seats from the Liberals. You want to look in British Columbia, where I think a lot of people are going to be paying attention tonight because it's going to be that close. It'll come down to the end of the night. Uh, areas south of the city, like the Delta, uh, to see if the Conservatives are able to, to do well there. And if they are, they're going to give the Liberals a, a run for their money. I, uh, the math for the Liberals is very difficult. If they lose some seats in the 905, if they lose some seats in British Columbia, I don't see where else they can pick up new seats, new wins. So they'll be fighting to, to, to stay in government rather than fighting for a majority. All right, Sean, just before I let you go, let me ask the biggest question perhaps of the night. At the end of this evening, will we have a winner, do you think? <laughs> Uh, geez, uh, I, it, that's hard to answer. We've got about 800,000 mail-in votes to, ca- to count. Uh, and if it's super close, those votes are really going to matter. Uh, and so I think we'll, we'll, uh, we'll know, you know that it's a minority government, but I, I'm not 100% certain that we're going to know who is leading it. All right. Exciting night ahead, to be sure. Sean, thank you so much uh, for breaking it down for us and kind of uh, revisiting the campaign as a whole. Really appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. All right, there goes Sean Simpson with Ipsos Polling, going over Ipsos' last poll for Global News. It was released just late last night that shows just the Conservatives and the Liberals still in that dead heat as we head to the polls today. And we're back after this break on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.